Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome. Happy New Year to you. Um, today, we are going to be starting a new series that we've entitled Faith in Action. Faith in Action. We are doing this series for a few reasons. Firstly, we are the people of God. We are a community of faith. Secondly, we're continuing to live in crazy times. The last two years have been crazy and challenging and difficult. They've been challenging times, haven't they? So they've been very volatile. They've been up and down. They've been uncertain. You know, what is going on here? They've been complex with loads of different views and opinions and angles and aspects. And they've been ambiguous. You know, things just don't make sense. They don't always add up. And there's certainly been uh, a lack of clarity. Now, thankfully, in Jesus, we have sure and firm foundation. We have a rock to stand on. We have a strong tower to run into. Now, even though we've seen in these past two years that it's been crazy, what we've seen has been crazy, we have an everlasting, never-changing, faithful God who we don't see with these eyes, and that is where faith comes in. So during this series, we're going to be, we've planned to look at five Old Testament characters, namely uh, Noah, Abraham, Ruth, Esther, and Daniel. And we're going to find out how each one demonstrated their faith in their unique situation. So a different time, different set of circumstances, different people, but the same God. And hopefully we can learn from their example and live by faith in God in our own unique circumstances today, in our life, in our situations. We're going to be finishing uh, the series uh, just, before, or, uh, just before Easter and we're going to have a summing up session to draw things together for us. Now during this time up to Easter we're still going to have uh, what we call our celebration Sundays on the first Sunday of the month where we're you know, not going to be focusing on that and looking to how the Lord leads us. And so for today we're going to be reading the famous chapter on faith in Hebrews chapter 11. It's the longest chapter in the book of Hebrews. It's got 40 verses, but don't worry, I'm not going to speak on all 40 verses. Mind, mind you, I'm going to be speaking on a lot of verses. And um, we're going to be looking at particular verses. So let's pray and then we'll get Julian to come and read to us. So, Lord God, we thank you. Um, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you speak. And we pray, Lord God, as the scriptures read, you would speak to us. Lord, as I preach, you would speak to us. Come and have your way by your spirit, Lord, we pray. Amen. So this is Hebrews 11 in the New International Version. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. 
By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He couldn't be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city without foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they'd left they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he'd grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ 
as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched round them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I don't have time to talk about Gideon or Barak or Samson or Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions and quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign enemies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. And there were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and ill-treated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us they would be made perfect. And so these people that we've read about, and often people refer to them as being heroes of faith, but you know what? They weren't perfect. If you read through, they were not perfect. They were ordinary. They were just like us. But they exercised faith in their faithful gods. You know, the problem with heroes, if we make someone out to be a hero, is that we can put them on a pedestal. We can admire them, but we can't be like them. We might want to be like them, but there's something about us that says, well, I could never do that. It's all right for them, but not for me. So we don't want heroes in that sense that are going to put us off from being those that are obedient to God and follow him by faith. Amen? So this series of talks is hopefully going to encourage us all to be active people in a faithful God. Wherever we're starting from, you might have great faith. You might have towered tall mountains and leaped tall buildings. You might have done whatever. Or you might be quaking in your boots at the thought of saying something publicly. The fact is we all need to move on, grow, develop. You know, when I was a little boy, my mum said to us, right, I'm going to teach you how to swim. She took us to the swimming pool and... um, she, my mum gets into the pool, this was her method, I'm not recommending it, it was her method, and she's in the pool and she looks at me and says, come on, jump in. And I'm standing at the edge of the pool thinking, I, I, 
I can't do this. How am I going to handle the water? I had no faith in me. I couldn't swim. I couldn't do it. But you know what? My mum was there. I knew my mum. I knew my mum loved me. I knew my mum didn't want to harm me. I knew my mum wanted me to be able to do something that I couldn't do on my own. Come on, get in. It's all right. I've got you. And so that's what I did. I jumped in and it obviously worked because I'm here today, you can see me. My mum saved me, rescued me, took me to the side and then I went, wow, can I do it again? Went to that place of doing it again. Oh, water, fear, bit scared, but mum. Now, I am not encouraging your church to put your faith in my mum. But for me, that is a biblical picture of faith because biblical faith is about faith in a person. It's about faith in an invisible, faithful God. The object of our faith is not faith itself. We don't put faith in faith. We put our faith in God. A real God is the object of our faith. It's God that we look to and trust. So what is faith? Well, Hebrews here, the very first verse, chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, gives us a definition. And depending on, on your version or your translation, it will say it in slightly different ways. So um, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I learned the older version that says, faith is sure about what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So let's unpack it and expand it a little bit. So faith means being sure, having assurance, having a tangible reality. This is real. I can't see it, but it's real. It's like a sure foundation to me. There's substance within it. I can't see it, but it's there. It's real. I know it. You can almost feel it at times, almost taste it. This confidence in what we hope for. And the first thing we hope for, I guess, is God is there. God is real. God is true. God is faithful. Hope. Now, in the Bible, that word hope invites us to look ahead eagerly with confident expectation. It's not wishful thinking. It's not, oh, I hope so. It's, I hope. I'm sure I'm confident. But in that word, in, it's also got this sense of patience, reminding us that fulfilment of hope lies in the future. If it happens now, it's not hope. If it's in the future, we're hoping about it. And it's then that God is the object and the focus and the ultimate guarantee of our hope. It's all to do with our relationship with God, as Lynn was saying. So it's about being sure and about, about being, uh, being sure and certain. Certain, knowing that something is real even if we don't see it. 
So we're certain about it. We've got a conviction about it. We've got an assurance about it. There's, there's a sense in us that we've got evidence and proof. It hasn't happened yet, right? So when I jumped into the water, it hadn't happened yet that my mum saved me. But I had proof that that was my mum and she's going to save me. There was evidence there. But looking from the outside, you couldn't see that. So when we put our, our faith in God, there's, that we receive like a proof and an evidence. It's God. I know him. He'll do this. And so Paul writes to the church in Corinth and he says this, 5-7, for we live by faith. Who's taking notes? Anyone? Right then. Oh, one, one person is. Otherwise, I won't bother with the verse numbers because if you're not taking notes, it doesn't matter. So, for we live by faith and not by sight. Faith sees things very differently to natural sight. Thanks, Dave. Faith sees things very differently to natural sight. Your natural sight will say one thing, supernatural Inner sight, faith says another thing. Complete, they can be completely contradictory. By faith, we are not caught up in this world. By faith, we are seeking the invisible reality of the heavenly realm. Heaven is as real, the reality of heaven is as real as we are here. It's just that we can't see it with natural eyes. But it's just as real. We need faith for that. Paul says, again to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, so we, we fix, so 2 Corinthians 4.18, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen, it's temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. We don't see God, but God is eternal. Nothing is eternal. God's people are eternal, but we won't look the same. So it's, we fix our eyes on what is unseen. It's a choice that we make. We are to have faith in an invisible God who is eternal and who wants relationship with us. Jesus calls us to live by faith, even in things that we... like. So when Jesus says, when you pray... Go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Who is unseen. And he who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It is by faith that we spend time with our heavenly father. It requires faith to pray, faith to listen, faith to hear God, faith to receive. So we like we might think, oh, I'm not sure I've got faith. But if we can do that, if you know how to spend time with the Father and be intimate with him, you are living by faith. So be encouraged. So it's exercising faith in invisible God. And Hebrews 11 verse 6 tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. How do we please God? It is by faith. It's not by doing works or by coming to church or blah, blah, blah. It is by faith, without faith. So if we do something without faith, it actually doesn't please him. 
When we do something in faith, it pleases God. Even if we get it wrong. You know, you can get something right and it doesn't please God. You can get something wrong and it does please him. Because he sees our faith. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith pleases God. Why don't you just say that? Faith pleases God. And it's what the ancients, verse 2 of chapter 11, it's what the ancients, the people of old, the old people, they were commended for their faith. So even today, as Kate mentioned, Mike and Lynn, I don't know if you did it here or earlier when we were praying, but it was by faith that they started to meet together in their home. And one day we come like this. But it started out by faith. So we commend you for your faith. Faith is realising that this world is not our home. This world is not our home. Why don't you say that? By faith, this world is not my home. It is not my home. We are strangers. We are foreigners on earth. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, in that bit, verses 9 to 16, it says that they lived like strangers in a foreign country. They lived in tents. They admitted that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Um, They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. They were looking for a city that God had prepared for them. They lived in tents. They lived in temporary accommodation. It was not permanent. It was not fixed on this earth. We live in temporary accommodation. This is temporary accommodation. Your house, your clothes, it's all temporary accommodation. We have a permanent location. We have a home in heaven. And it's by faith that we can see and get it. And so, if we're living on this earth, and if this earth is temporary accommodation, if it's not our permanent location, if we've got an an eternal home then that should be extremely challenging to our Western materialistic attitude that we fall into and have faith in. We do. We live by the American dream. We do. But that is not the gospel kingdom of God dream. And so where is our faith? What are we putting our faith in? Anyway, that could, I could go on about that, so that's another time. So, because we're thinking about faith. Faith is about understanding the past. How was the world made? God made the world. By faith, verse 3, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, God's word, so that what was seen was not made out what was visible. God took something invisible and put it in the visible realm, created. What a wonderful God we have, a creator God. Faith is about understanding the past. God, his actions, his past, we can be rooted in that. Faith is about looking to the future. We have got a heavenly home. It should affect the way we live. 
So by faith, verse 10, Abraham was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. God's home, God's house. So faith is about understanding the past, looking to the future, and it's about living in the present. We live now, we act now by faith because we are confident in God. This world is not our home. Our hope is not in this world. So we can live differently from the world around us, living by faith. Be different. Don't blend in. So how do we get this faith? Well, we... It does. Okay, I'll do that. I was going to go off track, but you just brought me on track. track. So faith comes from accepting God's word. As we feed on the word of God, the spirit of God causes faith to rise up within us. Romans 10 verse 17, our brother says, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we need to get God's word into us. Our faith is in God's faithfulness and his faithfulness is revealed through his word and as we meditate on God's character as we meditate on God's promises faith grows within us because we're getting to know this God who he is what he's like we'll be convinced that he is faithful and be trusted by his word but also by other people's testimony, by other people's story, their word coming out of their mouth and us believing that, hearing that. If he's done it for them, he can do it for me. That person's not more special than me. God loves me as much as that person. I'm a child of God as much as that person. So if he can do it for them, he can do it for me. By testimony. Faith comes as as a gift from God. But we have got to also do our part. And reach out. So, um, I've moved my page and got confused. So, so faith comes from accepting God's word. Faith, actually I should get you to say that, shouldn't I? You say that. Faith comes from accepting or believing God's word. Faith, faith begins with thinking. Okay? God has not asked us to remove our mind. He has asked us to renew our mind. Very different. Faith begins with thinking. So verses 11 and 19 tell us that faith begins with thinking. So there you go. You've got Sarah. She was an old lady. She was past the age of bearing a child. She wasn't able to have a baby. Yet, she considered. She considered. What does that word consider mean? She thought about it. She thunk it, thinking. She thought about her situation. She thought about her dried up, wizened old body that couldn't produce children. And then she thought about God. And then she thought, he who made the promise is faithful. The, uh, I think it's the King James uh, uses the word judged. To judge means to think about and to weigh up. Sarah... Faith began with her thinking about her situation and thinking that God was big enough. Doug. Verse 19, Abraham reasoned. What's another way of using the word reason? He thought about it, that God could even raise back the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, 
he did receive Isaac back from the dead. We won't go into that now, but it's just the point of faith begins with thinking. Faith begins with thinking. Is God big enough, strong enough? Is he able to do this? I'm scared. I'm standing at the edge. Do I dare jump in? Have I got faith in God? Faith is about what we do. Are we going to take action? So the writer of Hebrews in chapter 11, he, he goes on to show that faith produce, it, it produces something in the lives of those who believe. They do something. Over and over and over it goes in those 40 verses that people were obedient to God's word. Though they heard the word of God, they acted on it. And as they acted on it, they experienced the reality of the unseen God. They experienced the reality of heaven in their lives. Now, is it possible to be an unbelieving believer? Is it wrong to take the, sorry, is it possible to take the wrong kind of action? So when we're confronted with something, rather than stepping out in faith, we do something different because we've not got faith in our unseen God. So the Exodus generation, those were rescued out of Egypt. They were led by God into the promised land. There was the pillar of fire. There was the cloud. God was with them. God fed them. God looked after their clothes so they didn't wear out. God was with them. Yet, they'd seen all that and that generation fell short of faith. Numbers 14 verse 11 says this. God says to, to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? So they're not treating God with faith, they're treating him with contempt. How long will they refuse to believe in me? In spite of all the miraculous signs I have performed among them. They weren't operating in faith. They refused, I guess, to take God into account. When they faced a superior military force that came against them, it was like they forgot God. They, they forgot that God had rescued them from Egypt for goodness sake, and they're facing a new enemy and that new enemy is too powerful, too strong. And so in their unbelief, it produced disobedience as the people lived out of unbelief and disobedience, they died. They died in the wilderness. In Jesus' day, many people saw the healings that Jesus did. They watched him cast out demons. They saw him raise dead people, yet many refused to believe. Truth, faith in Jesus does not come through just observation of miracles. Faith can begin its journey there, absolutely. But it's no guarantee. Someone can witness and see a miracle and still not have faith in God. John's Gospel tells us, chapters, chapter 2, it, it says that many saw Jesus' signs and they believed in him. But later, some of that crowd heard Jesus speak about himself being the bread of life. And uh, as he spoke about them being, him being the bread of life, he gave them some teaching that they complained about. That is hard teaching. 
Who can accept that teaching? Who can believe that teaching? Who can have faith in that teaching? And John says, from that time, many of Jesus' disciples turned back and no longer followed him. John's gospel links faith with life and it links unbelief with death. With death. The one who believes in Jesus has eternal life. That's a good thought, isn't it? The one who believes in Jesus has eternal life. Whoever believes in Jesus has eternal life. But the one who does not believe is already condemned to eternal death. Whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish, but will have eternal life. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. Eternal life that we're looking forward to in the future, that begins now, is about our relationship with God. Do we know him? And maybe more importantly, does he know us? Now, by believing in Jesus and um, trusting in him, we can experience God at work in our lives and in other people's lives. In the Gospels, there's a vital fact that's made clear that we need to be aware of when Jesus speaks about words about faith. Any lack of faith in God, any lack of faith in God, closes off possibilities. Because our faith is in, well, that's not possible. That's not going to happen, is it? And so our faith is in that. When we fail to believe or exercise faith, we won't experience the full range of God's activity. Matthew 21, 21 says this. Jesus says, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, you'll have to read to find out what happened to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. Challenge anyone? Doubt wavers with uncertainty, but doubt wavers with uncertainty between faith and unbelief. And so we need to choose whether we're going to have faith in God or not believe him. Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. When we do trust God, when we have faith in him, when we open up our lives to him, we will have a fuller experience of God's power in us and through us. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. I recognise that these are challenging verses for us, for our, for our Western mindset that we're caught up in this world. But by faith in God, believe in him, he speaks a better word. Jesus says in Mark's Gospel, all things are possible to the one who believes. So we've got to go on a journey with those little steps. So when God comes to us, either as an individual or to us as a, faith, a community of faith, 
He brings his word of truth. He brings his revelation to us. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to choose faith and therefore life? Or are we going to choose, I can't believe that. I can't accept that. I can't go with that. It's too much. And therefore, death. I'm not saying you're going to drop down dead, but biblical faith is a personal trusting response in God who speaks words of promise. Faith means us taking God seriously to trust in him as being real. God is real. God is alive. God is the God who's there and commit ourselves to him and act in accordance with a particular message that he gives to us. Faith's inner conviction about God is always turned into action and results in a lifestyle through which the reality of faith is experienced. So bring our minds to Peter, sees Jesus walking on the water. Lord, if it is you, call me to come out. And Peter in faith, in Jesus, he walked on the water. But then things came in to distract him and scare him. You know, the the um, the storms and that. Now, he may have doubted Jesus in that moment, or it may have been that he doubted his own ability to work in partnership with Jesus. In that moment, he wavered with uncertainty, and he gets a caning for that, but he walked on water. He did it. He responded. So it might be that we respond to God in faith, we do a bit, and then we start getting wobbly, and we go, and Jesus says, oh, why did you doubt? Okay, it's a journey. It's a journey of faith. It's a journey of faith in him, and it's of our relationship. And so, in a way, I don't want to say this, next, next bit about faith, but it is there in Hebrews 11. It says, Hebrews 11 says that faith does not guarantee success on this earth. Okay? So Hebrews tells us that some people did succeed in earthly terms. I, I was struck when Julian read Rahab was, was saved and rescued and the others all got killed, but she was saved because of her faith. And there, there were those that even got their women who got their loved ones back, raised from the dead. But then others die. Others got cut in half and sawn up and all these sorts of things happened to them and yet somehow they embraced that by faith those that are martyred for the cause of Christ are embracing death physically by faith in God okay they might have said please don't let us get killed but they did get killed but there's something more going on ultimately ultimately God wins ultimately we get that home in heaven so jesus causes calls us to follow him to live by faith and not by sight even if it doesn't seem to be working out as we want even if it's a taking an age for it to happen we i've been praying for this for years i've been trusting god for the years But let us be those who persevere, who do not shrink back, who do not throw away our confidence in God. So a quick recap and I'll pray 
And we're end. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith pleases God. Faith is realising that this world is not our home. Faith is about understanding the past, creator God, looking to the future, hope in heaven, and living in the present, faithful obedience. Faith comes from accepting God's word as it comes to us. Faith begins with our thinking. Faith is about what we do, showing our obedience. And faith does not guarantee success on this earth. We do have to take the highs with the lows by keeping on trusting our Father God whatever happens. Because he's good and his love endures forever. So, Lord, we thank you so much that you are at work in our lives. Lord, we pray that you would continue to transform us into being the people that you have made us to be. Lord God, help us by faith to have an intimate relationship with you. Help us to walk, to live by faith and not by sight. Help us to fix our eyes on what is unseen. Help us to hear and see and to be obedient and responsive to your words. In Jesus' name we pray this.